ringers. What is up? Whoop, whoop, whoop. This is why I don't normally bring in the episode, because I act like that. <laughs> Dan, this is why this is your job. You forgot to say all the important things, that this is episode 89, that this is a really excellent episode. <laughs> That's true. We also have to act surprised, like, whoa, episode 89. Amazing. Can you believe we're here? It's one more than 88. <laughs> Nailed it. Guys, we're becoming far too predictable by that. So, yeah, Dan, this is a good episode. I really like doing episodes like this because while they stress me out as I'm trying to figure out what we can talk about, as we talk through them, as we just did, because you guys will see in just a moment, it fills my heart so much because I think these are the things that everybody needs to be hearing right now. And while tips are also really helpful, conversations like this fill the tank a little bit, right? Yeah, I think everybody might need just hear this like a kind of a feel good episode. And I feel like that's what this one is. This episode is very, very much about the heart and the hug. This is an episode that's like a virtual hug from us. It's a, a lot of heart in this episode for sure. A social distance hug. A social distance hug, a podcast hug. Speaking of hugs, a great way that you can hug and support us is by going to our Patreon account. If you go patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash P-A-R-O-I, you can help come alongside of us and really help us continue to bring this information, whether it's tips, tricks, silly stories, tangible advice, or like these feel-good episodes like today where we all just need like a little leg up because of everything that's going on right now, that you coming alongside of us and just giving a little financial support, whether that's that's $2, $5, $19, whatever it is, you know, helps us continue to bring this to other people. It's always weird to talk about money, right? Like I always feel like it is. I, I don't like talking about money, but the realization is that like part of this is like we want to continue to spread this out and we're trying to, you know, use our resources as best we possibly can to help the maximum amount of people. And with a little help from you guys, we can hopefully reach more and more people. We've got a lot of things that we're thinking about doing. So if you have the means to do that, check out patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. But without further ado, let's hop into this super feel-good episode. I hope you guys like it. Here we go. Hey there, ringers. Welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Daniel Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. And I'm Daniel Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros sharing our best tips, tricks, and advice for planning a wedding that feels good to you. Because planning a wedding is hard work, but not anymore, because we've got your back. So Dan, are you ready? You know it! Let's do this. Ringers, welcome to episode 89, baby! We are getting up there in numbers and slowly approaching episode 100, which I'm particularly excited for, despite us not having planned it yet. So, Dan, how are you? I'm good. Feeling good. There's uh, a lot going on still in our world, and I'm just like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's great. Everything's fine. That's what I keep telling myself. Everything is fine, which is why we're talking about what we're talking about today. Yes, that is for sure. And this is going to be, I think, an episode where Danielle and I are just going to have a conversation because this is a lot, everything that's going on right now, even just outside of a pandemic, right? Like you have to find this. So I think Danielle and I naturally talk about this all the time because we're both empathetic people and can take other people's stuff. We're very naturally givers, right? And so we're going to talk a lot about this. It's going to be a normal conversation kind of between Danielle and I, and it's going to be less black and white, as Danielle was saying kind of before this. This is going to be a heart episode. 
Yeah. This is not a normal conversation between you and I. A normal conversation includes bizarre topics where we go off on all these side tangents. We're going to have a different than normal conversation. Yeah. What I meant is like just a conversation between the two of us. I don't have the normal tips necessarily for you guys today, though I think Dan and I both in our journey through lives have found certain things that have worked for us as well as have worked for others that we're going to try to talk through. Ultimately, we're talking about this idea of finding the balance between work and life, but then like also this added pressure of wedding planning, because there's a lot of articles that cover the idea of work-life balance. But when you add plan an entire wedding to anybody's plate, that really starts to change the game. Yeah, I think when you add wedding planning to it, it for sure adds like a whole other level. But before we like really dive into all this stuff, I think one of the things that we need to say is that, you know, Danielle and I are not therapists. We don't have a license in that. But, you know, we are two regular people, you know, who think about this kind of thing and who, you know, naturally have conversations about bettering ourselves and de-stressing and all that kind of stuff. So that's where this is coming from. And we hope to either just share some things that are on our minds and some stuff that we've done and give you guys some permission to be frustrated or happy or work through things or whatever you need to do. So that's what we're here to talk about today. It's just like we said, this is more of a heart episode. <laughs> yeah, it always comes down to that Dan and I, we're just here for you guys. We want to be there to be your part of your support system through this process. But that said, if you feel like you do need professional help, please definitely make the time for that because that's not at all what we do. We're just here to talk through these things because ultimately when we talk about finding a balance in our life, we're doing it so that we can avoid stress, right? And obviously no one is living a perfectly stress-free life, but anytime your stress really starts to build and come out of you, it's not doing you or anyone around you any favors. Now, as we talk through this episode, I feel like I need to say that I'm a productivity person. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's something I coach about. It's something I educate about. But I also recognize that everyone works really differently. And some of the things that I know I in particular am going to share, they're not going to work for everybody. But I've decided as a human being that like I can't cater to every single person. And I think that's where I so appreciate your partnership, Dan, is because we both work really differently. But I think it's about kind of like taking these things and applying them in a way that works to how you are wired as a person, because it's all okay. It's just about finding what works for you. Yep. Sounds good. Keep going. You're on a roll. And again, this is where it's not a typical episode for me where I have these like very clear tips on how to get from A to Z. But I think an important place to start when you start talking about the idea of balancing in your life is being realistic. Because I think that's one of the worst ways you can set yourself up for disappointment is when you start piling on and doing all these things or trying to do all these things and you start feeling like you're failing. Because planning a wedding takes a lot of time. It's why I personally recommend working with a planner like moi because our job is to save you time in so many ways. But if you try to approach wedding planning in a way that you're like, I'm just going to be superhuman and I'm going to be have my work and I'm going to have my job and I'm going to like you know, plan the wedding and have a killer personal life. And I'm going to do all these things. You start setting yourself for unrealistic expectations. Absolutely. You know, this is like a major thought that I have on balance and whether or not I should like save it for the end. Cause it sounds like a very good summary statement, but I feel like it's good for what you're talking about here and what you just said about um, like not trying to be like a superhero or superhuman and do all these things. If we're starting out this conversation and just putting it out there on the table and saying work-life balance, work-life wedding balance is never something you are going to achieve. 
It's not an end goal. It's not a finish line that you can get to. It is a case by case, decision by decision, sometimes minute by minute decision making process that you have to make. And this is something that like I struggle with on just like a regular basis is like being pulled in so many different directions, trying to like feel like I'm, I'm not giving enough time to my kids or whatever it is. Right. And so sometimes I just go, no, everything's done. I'm stopping everything. My phone is on silent, nothing. And it's just family time right now, because I know that if nothing works in my brain, if the connection's off with my wife or my kids, then nothing works. Right. I think we're going to unpack this a little more. Sometimes like not being a superhuman means just unplugging and stopping everything and focusing on just one thing at a time. Right. Which is weird because when you talk about something like balance, it almost feels like, oh, no, I need to have like all 10 plates spinning at once. That's the idea of balance. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just about taking those plates off the sticks and placing them down and focusing on one spinning plate. And you spin the crap out of that one spinning plate. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like that's how it works, because the reality of life is that some days you're going to have more time and other days you are not. But I think what happens is you start doing yourself a disservice if you expect to achieve all 97 big tasks on your to-do list, but realistically that day you're really only going to get to three. Because what happens, and this is something, like I said, I really teach on this a lot when it comes to um, the planners I work with, is when you start loading up your to-do list with all of the things and every day you don't tackle that entire to-do list, it's not a bad thing to have a to-do list like that, but if every day you don't tackle it, it starts to eat at you and you start to feel like you didn't accomplish anything when you kicked butt on some big things, but you're almost like not giving yourself the credit you deserve because you're still looking at all the other like 94 things that you didn't get to. So- I think for many of you, <laughs> the job is probably helping to pay for the wedding. So I always want to make sure that you don't get fired <laughs> for wedding planning on the clock because that's not going to help anybody. So that's about like getting realistic with your time and knowing like today I have this much time to focus on wedding planning, this much time for work, this much time for me, and ultimately determining what you can actually accomplish because there are some people who are able to work through their lunch or be super productive while they're at work, whether they have their own business or they have a boss that's really flexible or just the type of work that they can switch back and forth really easily. But it's not fair when you start looking at that and comparing yourself to others and saying like, how do these people do it? Because I just can't. For some, it's easier just to take a day off of work and do all the wedding things then versus trying to like multitask and spread it out while at work, because we don't want you guys getting fired unless you're listening to this right now at work, in which case, hi. <laughs> yeah. So once I don't even want to say once you get realistic, because like Dan said, it's a case by case thing. It's like every day you're making a decision, every moment you're making a decision to be like, mm, nope, let's be realistic about this. But I personally think that there is a ton of value that comes when you're able to get yourself organized, specifically on a wedding planning front. Dan, is there ways that like you get organized? Because I want to get down into lists, but I've just been talking for a while. So I want to hear from you about what your thoughts are on getting organized. That's a good question. So I am a person who tries many different things, and it takes me a very, 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 very long time to find something that sticks. 
some things that have stuck for me. Uh, I read this really amazing book uh, for creatives on like how to take your day to day and make it more productive. Right. So, you know, naturally somebody like me, like my brain's all over the place, right? Like making lists and all that kind of stuff does not come naturally to me. But the idea that you talked about a little bit ago of like you have this big list from that big list, you take three things and you focus on those three things. That was one of the things I learned from this book. What was the book? Uh, the book is called Manage Your Day Today, Build Your Routine, Find Your Focus, and Sharpen Your Creative Mind. It is a really amazing book, like throws out these like little bite-sized chapters that are very tangible, quick to-dos as like how to start moving your day-to-day routine, finding this routine in your day-to-day for people who are not naturally routine and list makers. So That was a book that really got me on the path to knowing what was noise in my life and what was distracting me from the things that I really needed to focus on, right? So during the day, like I would switch back and forth like from doing my task and then an email would pop up and I would check my email and that would take me off my task. Now I'm not good at switching tasks. Some people like my wife are amazing at it. She can go like, flag something and then move back on. It takes me, I'd realize, you know, I'd read email, think about it. Do I need to respond to it now? Flag it, move back. I would do this 10, 15, 20, 50 times a day. And all of a sudden I've lost an hour or more a day between switching tasks. And so one of the things I learned is like blocking my time for myself. Now, I'm not just talking about work. This is something that moves over into family time, right? Like having date nights scheduled, right? Like it is always this night, every single month, having our family pizza night. Every Friday we order pizza, we order something. So we block out time for everything. And that's how I started to organize my life by just blocking out these times for work, for family, for Dan time, all that kind of stuff. I think it's interesting when you talk about scheduling date night, like making sure date night is in there. I think like the initial thought I go to is like, ooh, well, is that still like as romantic or is that still as fun? But the reality comes down to, especially when you're into a chapter like Dan is right now with kids, which some of you may be too. But the reality is as you move through your relationship, the like newness and spontaneity will die off if you don't kind of keep it alive. But if you don't schedule stuff sometimes, it doesn't happen which is worse (laughs) than feeling like, well, it's not spontaneous enough. So as you hear that, if that's kind of the thought you're having too, I just wanted to make sure that that was clear that like, that's better than nothing. Yeah. And you can still have like spontaneous date nights and silly things, right? Like sometimes we order from a different restaurant than we normally do. (laughs) And it gets real crazy up in here. (laughs) That's the COVID statement of the year, right? <clears throat> Seriously. We can still have spontaneous nights, but it's like, here's the thing. We started having, if we're talking about relationships, we started having this night that's like nothing takes over this night. This is time for just us. Because again, I keep going back to this idea of like, if we don't work, if like Rachel and I don't work, if we're not on the same page, nothing's working. Because my mind, and there's got to be other people out there like this, who like, my mind gets taken over by one thing. Like, I'm an extreme empath. I feel things very deeply. So if like something bad is going on, or like, I've got something like hanging over my head, it takes over everything. And so having those like little check-ins, having those date nights, that's like, no, 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 this is our time to make sure that we're still on the same page and that we're putting money in the love tank, you know? I love that. Yeah, for sure. When I talk about getting organized for me, obviously, 
this is where I'm going to get into the idea of lists because that's truly how my world and my life functions for sure. I've actually tried doing what you've talked about, not necessarily with date night, but I've tried time blocking my schedule and I actually stink at it terribly. Like it actually doesn't work for me because I think I switch back and forth pretty easily and I actually think it works better for me. But like you, I'm trying it just to be like, hey, does this thing work? And we'll see what happens. But for me, my best way to productivity is that I need to have a list. When I make a list, I'm able to stay focused on what I need to do and not stress out over all of the things that I don't need to be doing right now. Because I'm not the like person that runs the household. That's not the thing I want to say, but like I'm the person that's kind of like organizing all the appointments and making sure that everything is kind of coming together. Mike does a ton of other amazing things, but like that's kind of my role is to keep everything organized. So there's always all these things in my head. So the more that I can offload from my brain and put into a list, the more efficient I will work. And I know it's worked for others too, but I'm telling you guys, my list has everything in there from like when I pay the electric bill, when I pay the mortgage, when I need to take out the garbage, like that is on my list because I just don't want to have to be thinking of these things and spending any more time than I need to being like, gosh, what am I forgetting right now? Yep. Well, one, I think when you write a list, right, like I have like a catch all list, like if there's something I just need to do, I just throw it on there. And I think that's actually something I got from you. And then, you know, I put them into my different time blocks and things. But one of the things that I have become very aware of is my energy level throughout the day. And what I realize is like, so if I get up in the morning and I answer emails or something like that, emails all of a sudden take the huge part of my like natural energy cycle. Like I am very awake and very alert, usually like for the first two two or three hours of the day, even if I had a really terrible night's sleep or didn't have any night's sleep because of the kids, that like two or three hours, I can usually get a lot done if I'm able to stand in front of my computer and bust some things out. And then there's like, you know, a lot of people talk about like that 2.30, 3 o'clock crash that happens where their blood sugar goes low and they're just like, I can go to sleep right now. Um, so you don't schedule like the big things for later in the day. Maybe you do emails later in the day or maybe you do, you know, little things for wedding planning later in the day. But the big stuff, if it's a Saturday morning, you wake up and you hammer out a couple of like the big to do's on your list because they'll fly right through. And then you've got the rest of the day where you're like, all right, like you feel a little lighter. You got a bunch of stuff done. Check some things off your list. So be very aware of like your energy level throughout the day. Yep. And there's some people that like for you, you say you're more productive in the morning. I'm more productive in the morning too. But then there's also people that like nighttime is their time to like knock stuff out. So it's just about finding that on the whole, most people dip in the afternoon. Actually, there was a study done through Twitter somehow that like people just tweet a lot in the afternoon that they're just (laughs) exhausted and tired. So a lot of people dip. It's a very real thing. But once you start like learning those things about you, it helps to kind of hack your system a little bit more to be like, all right, this is how we're going to play this game. But when it comes down to kind of getting organized and doing all these things, I think I go back to what I said earlier in the sense that like, Be realistic about it. Don't put book all my vendors on a list because that's not going to be really helpful for you. You want to like break it down and put it into things that are like, today I'm going to research photographers or this week we're going to research photographers, whatever it needs to do, because you only want to put on your list what you're going to realistically tackle. Everything else you're kind of offloading to, you know, wherever you need to do it, whether it's like that list and you're just focusing on your daily list, but offload all of that stuff because you only have so much memory power if your brain works like a computer. So the more you can offload, the better. And then the more you can put on your list for today or for the week that you're able to tackle, the better you're going to feel as you tackle them all. 
Yeah. I heard a good tip for like when you do a list and this works for me because my brain is constantly running. So I'll write like a very vague to do. I'll come back to it like the next day and I'll be like, crap, what is this? <laughs> so I heard a tip that's like write out your to do as if somebody else were going to read your list and do it, that they could be able to do it. It's just basically about being specific and like writing out, not hyper in depth, but like you said, kind of breaking it down. Right. And maybe that's like, if you said, you know, research photographers, I mean, that gets pretty specific, but maybe there was like something that you heard from a friend that was like, Oh, there's this really cool little Philly blog that has, you know, photographers. And you wanted to check that out. You wanted to specifically go to that website, but you don't have time right now or whatever it is. Right. So you write that specifically down. I want to go to blah, blah, blah website and make sure I research photographers on there. Feel me? Oh, I feel you, Dan. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where as you're going through all of this, like we said earlier, but I want to unpack this a little bit further is you want to give yourself the permission or let us give you the permission to not focus on everything all the time, because it's going to be impossible to be like, cooking dinner, mowing the lawn, and folding laundry at the same time. All those things may need to get done, but it doesn't mean that you have to do them all at once. And I know for me in particular, I have a real bad tendency to start to feel guilty if I'm not focusing on all of the things at one time. Like I feel like I need to always have all of these balls juggling in the air when exactly what you said before is that like, I can't function if I have all the balls up in the air because I'm not focusing well on any one thing. Sometimes sometimes I can have a few balls going, but for the most part, like I know there's a certain point where like I just can't do it all all at the same time. Because like you said, even the best multitaskers, like your wife, Rachel, she still spends time switching gears between tasks. It may work well for her, but there's still time that's involved with that. So that's my thoughts on it. I don't know if you have any more thoughts on the whole like No, I don't have any more thoughts on that. Going back to kind of what I said before about like, you know, like we have our couple nights, whatever. I think like making sure that you are scheduling your wedding planning nights, right? Like because you're together then like you should both be working on these things. You should both be putting opinions in. And I think whether I mean, that goes, I think as you schedule wedding planning, I also think you should schedule nights that are not wedding planning nights and have that balance. We've talked about this a million times before, but making sure that you're scheduling this time so you don't all of a sudden come to, you know, month three or month one and realize, oh, crap, I haven't done this or that or whatever, you know? Yeah, well, it comes down to one of you in the relationship might be kind of leading the charge a bit more on wedding planning than the other. And if every dinner you have together and every conversation you come together on, if everything is always surrounded by the wedding, a few things are going to happen. One, you're going to start losing sight of like the other things going on in your life, which are also really important right now. Maybe not quite as important, but maybe more important in some cases. But also what's going to happen is once that wedding happens, you're going to look at each other and go, what do we talk about now? Like there's going to be this weird hole and gap where you start saying like, oh my gosh, why do we suddenly have nothing to talk about? It's because that's all you did is talk about it for 9, 12, 15 months. You know what I mean? That's a really long time. So like Dan said, designating specific nights where you either do or don't talk about weddings is so helpful and healthy for you as you go through this process. And I know, Dan, you did something specific as you and Rachel were kind of approaching your wedding. We've talked about it before, but I think it's been a while. So will you share kind of like how you guys decided to approach with it? Yeah, yeah. So obviously on like the whole, you were kind of helping us lead our wedding planning process. So that was a big part. I forget what program you're using at the time, but Rachel would naturally always log in to whatever I think it was base camp maybe or something like that. So she would log in and like check her to do's weekly and she would bust things out. 
you know, on the macro level, Rachel and I, we split things up, right? Like obviously certain things were important to me, certain things I already know because I'm in the industry. Um, so I took over those things. We did the things that I've been talking about where we had specific wedding planning nights, specific times where we talked about like what we wanted to do for centerpieces and whatever. Um, we had our date nights where we didn't talk about anything. But I think what you're taught, what you're actually talking about is this reconnection time weekend that we had. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think every couple goes through this. We're like in the beginning, you have like this phase of a couple months where like everything's good. You're getting the big stuff done. You're checking stuff off the list. And like it'll be a couple months out, maybe six, seven months out. And you're like, how you doing? How you feeling? Everything going good. And they're like, yeah, we got this. We got like the big stuff off the list. Now, like we're just coasting now. And the three month mark hits and all hell breaks loose because there's all this minutia that just piles on top of each other that you can't get ahead of until you do the next thing, right? So like maybe if I'm, I'm skipping some steps, right? But like you're supposed to tell the venue how many people are coming, but you can't tell the venue how many people are coming until you get the RSVPs back. You can't get the RSVPs back until you send them. You can't send them until you get the addresses, right? And it's just like all this stuff. And that's like just one small line of it. Like last three months is when you are at the most likely to lose sight of what the wedding is actually about. Like it's very easy to like just be like throwing money out the door and and be like swept away by all the stuff that you have to do. And then you get to this point where you're like, I just want this thing to be over and I want to go on the honeymoon. So what Rachel and I did, I had a wedding on June 14th, Nick and Stu. Our wedding is June 28th. That week before, June 21st, Rachel and I went down to the beach and we had like a reconnection weekend. We didn't do anything wedding planning. It was like a reset button, right? Where we like did as much stuff as we possibly could to get everything set and good to go and get as much done as we could kind of like up into that 21st date. And then we went to the beach and we just had like a time to like get excited about the wedding again. And like, yes, we're excited. We're still excited, but it's just like so much sitting on top of your head. And we went away for those, like, I think it was just two nights or whatever. We had this beautiful time. We hung out, uh, went to the boardwalk, ate all this stuff. It was great. And then we came home and we were like, it was like the week before where we just were able to get ready. We still had a lot of stuff to do, but we like, we came at it with a much different mindset and every couple should take some kind of reconnection day, night, trip, whatever it is, like right before the wedding or a little bit before the wedding to clear all the cotwebs and just get excited about the fact that like now is the official start of your lives together. It's the time when all your family gets to come together under one roof for a happy reason. And that is the tremendous joy that we get to have around weddings, right? And I somewhat morbid, but like weddings, funerals, that's what people don't miss. And you're creating this amazing opportunity for everybody to come together and have a great time. And going into that with a very healthy mindset is what's up. Yeah. You said so many wonderful things in there. I've just been like nodding violently over here as you've been talking, but it's so true. I think many of us want to just feel like we want to like hustle and go, go, go and get all the things done. And sometimes we forget how valuable taking a break can be, right? Because sometimes we really want to push ourselves and we just want to get the thing done, but we end up pushing ourselves to the point where it's taking us so much longer to do something that shouldn't take us that long. When if we just took a break, stepped away for a second, reset, whether that's like a five minute break from the computer or a weekend getaway or a week trip, whatever it is, like whatever it needs to be in that moment, that's what helps you to come back like refreshed and much clearer versus plowing through it for the sake of plowing through it. 
I think there's sometimes a lot of guilt that comes from unplugging for a while or doing all of that. And I get that obviously some of us can't do that and for whatever reason, but I think there's just a lot of value in that idea of taking a break and allowing yourself to step away without the guilt because you know when you come back, you'll be much better for it. Yeah, it's so funny, right? Like you have to be so in tune with yourself and be honest with yourself, right? Because sometimes there's no energy to plow through. What you need to do is that five minute walk or that whatever. And then sometimes where you're just like, F it. And you put your head down and you just ram through everything, right? Like you just bust through it all. And like both of those can feel so satisfying, right? I think you just have to be aware of like yourself and what you need and ask yourself like, okay, what do I need right now? Yeah, sometimes you're going to ask yourself that question and you're going to give yourself the wrong answer. And that's okay too. Like there has been times where I've been like, what do I need right now? Ooh, I need to like stop what I'm doing and go watch Real Housewives for like an hour and then I'll be good. And then I do that and then I feel like garbage because I should have like plowed through the thing. So it's really sometimes about giving yourself a little bit of grace as you go through it to know you're not always going to make the perfect decision, but checking in so that the next time you plow through as opposed to taking a break and watching Real Housewives. But Dan, Real Housewives is so good. I love that stuff so much. Yeah. I mean, there's sometimes where like I'm the thick of working on something and I'm just dragging and I will stop and take a break because I realize like if I push through, then I might be doing a disservice to somebody or something who's depending on me. But there's other times where it's like, no, 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 no. I need to get this done. I'm just being a butt and like not moving forward, you know? Yeah. I hate it when you're a butt just overall. I know. There's also the idea of like, which is hard. And I'm going to speak to my fellow control freaks because I'm absolutely one right here. But sometimes you also just need to delegate the thing or a lot of things because the truth lies in the fact that you don't have to do everything yourself. And boy, do I know how much easier it is to say that versus actually do that, my friends. But Again, you don't have to be superhuman. Like, you will not have your title of bride or groom stripped away if you don't do every little thing yourself for your wedding or for whatever it is that you're working on. Because this is a chapter of life where I think for many of you, you have this wonderful opportunity where you have people in your life that are going to come and support you and lift you up through this process. And this might be a good time to lean on that inner circle that you trust to help you because they very likely want to help you. They just don't know how best to help you right now. For sure. Yeah, that is definitely a major tip. Everybody out there wants you to have like this amazing day and they want you to like be happy and joyful and all that kind of stuff. But some people just don't know how to help. Right. And like you said, reaching out and asking them to help you out with this or that. And I think a big part of it also is like, I think this goes without saying, but like hiring wedding professionals and vendors who are solid and been around the game for a little bit and who are just trustworthy. So you don't have to worry about micromanaging them, right? Like the highest compliment any one of my couples can say, like, as we get closer to the wedding, it's just like, oh, no, we're not worried about you. Like, when there's like, yeah, you're, you're good. You're good. Don't worry. You're awesome. And it's like, all right, good. I've done my job up to that point, right? I'm checking in with them. I'm, you know, along for their journey, not just the wedding day. And so I think, you know, hiring your wedding professionals. And if you hire a coordinator, that person's there to lean on who's literally got this like years and years of wedding experience, who doesn't just have theoretical knowledge, they have actual objective knowledge, it can help you kind of cut through some of the 
noise that uh, if somebody else doesn't want to like upset you or something, they might give you an answer they think they want you to hear, you know, versus like having a professional who's like, no, no, this is my job. I'm here to help you. This is the efficient way to do it. This is what you're going to need, blah, 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 blah. For sure. I say often that I don't know anybody who isn't short on time or money, right? Like that's all the two resources that we're all like craving for more of, for lack of a better word. So when you start talking about time as this resource, it does become really clear that like, okay, we only have so much of our time. How can we use it best to kind of navigate this chapter of life? Because I know right now we're currently in this chapter of COVID, which is a terrible global pandemic that we're all going through. So like that's a huge added stress. But outside of this, weddings are a beautiful, wonderful thing to plan, right? Not without their stress normally, sure. But it's this wonderful thing. And I think when you start adding too much of the stressful layers onto it, you lose sight of it. And like Dan said, like so many people will say like, I just want to get it done so that we can like move on. And like, oh my goodness, when your partner was asking you to marry them, that's not what you were thinking. It was like, oh yes, but I can't wait to get this done. Right? Like you were excited. You were full of joy and you were just probably over the moon. So that's what you want to kind of keep going back to. But ultimately, as we talk about this stuff, I think it's really about giving yourself the grace as you go through all this and also giving yourself the space to like, celebrate the little wins or even the big wins, like celebrate it all at this point. But do you ever realize like too often we beat ourselves down when we're feeling like we didn't do enough or we did something wrong. Like we really hone in on that sometimes. But I think it's far less common for us to be like, hey, girlfriend, you did that thing actually really well. Like you nailed that thing. Like I'm a major negative self-talker and I know I'm not the only one on the planet. My therapist has told me this. So I think it's easier for me to like really focus in on the negative stuff I screw up, but I far too often don't recognize the be like, hey, you did that thing pretty good. And I think we should like have a snack for it. Guys, why do I always go to food? <laughs> <laughs> There's a like fitness community that I'm a part of called Nerd Fitness. And um, the guy who runs his name, Steve Cam, and he talks about like gamifying your life. He's wrote a fantastic book called Level Up Your Life and a bunch of things. But he's a fascinating guy. But he talks about this idea of loot, right? Where in video games, like you like have to like go through different quests and that kind of stuff. And at the end of the quest, you like get the treasure or like you get the body armor or like whatever the thing is. Or and, the princess. Um, Right? Like in Mario? Yep, that's right. So I think that there's this thing that like you can do where you said the big things, the small things, right? Like you did something amazing at work, celebrate. You got a, a huge chunk of your wedding planning to-do list done, celebrate. Got to spend time catching up with somebody who you haven't talked to in a couple months because everything's so crazy, celebrate, right? But even on the long term, after wedding planning, during wedding planning, whatever it looks like, there are things that I think if you set a goal – and you reach that goal, getting something for yourself and rewarding yourself for good behavior, I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, like I love that idea of loot, right? Like sometimes, you know, he talks about obviously with weight loss or weightlifting or like you hit a PR with a lift or something. So like, you know, you reach that goal, you buy yourself something sweet. And I know my last piece of loot was a kettlebell. And I'm not going to share the goal, but you know, that was it. And then the next thing that I get to buy shortly is one of those hand massager gun things that like it, like the pressure, it's like a, I feel like I can see the video for it in slow motion where it's like hitting somebody's skin and it's just like jiggling. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I want. One of those. And I'm going to get one because my back is sore from being a jacked dad from just carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. Right. Yeah. 
carrying the weight of my house on my shoulders. I love that. And again, this is where it goes back to finding what works for you and honing in on it and knowing that it can also change as you go through different chapters of life. Like that's such a key part to all of this. But either way, no matter what is happening, I give you guys all the credit in the world because I know right now you're navigating a very stressful time. And I think I can confidently say that because you are a ringer, you're doing so to the best of your ability. And that makes you really, really awesome. That's right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. Hey, before we wrap up this episode, we want to take a minute and give lots of love and virtual high fives to all of our Patreon supporters. We wouldn't be here without you. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. And if you want to join this fabulous community of ringers, because let's be real, things are way easier when you have a solid support system who's going through it just like you are. Check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, or just click the link in the show notes. Yeah, not only are you helping out our show, but we are committed to bringing you a ton of extra help along the way. Like we've said, we got your back. Another way you can show your support is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. If you want to dive deeper on anything that we talked about today, check out the show notes at putaringonapodcast.com. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some behind-the-scenes bloopers. Follow us at Put a Ring on It Podcast. Now, friends, remember, we are here to help you, but no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding is going to be amazing. Because you rock! <laughs> Until next time, ringers. <laughs>